It's a blessing to be with you today and to bring God's Word to you. We've been already looking at the book, uh, the two epistles of Peter, First and Second Peter, and uh, this is another of the messages in that vein. Uh, we've been looking at specifically what he had to say about the five key identities of Redeemer Baptist Church, and you'll see those on this uh, banner over here, and we talk about it every Sunday. Worshippers, proclaimers, disciple-making disciplers, servants, and stewards. And last week, Pastor Chris showed us what it means to be, uh, rather, to make disciples. And this morning, we'll look at what it, it means to become a disciple, which is the necessary first step before we can duplicate ourselves and others, is to become a disciple ourselves, to become a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. How can we teach someone else something that we haven't done ourselves? Although many try, right? <laughs> so let's pray as we get ready to hear from God through His Word this morning. Father, would You lift up Your Word, exalt it in our presence today, that man's speech is not exalted, but rather Your holy and errant Word, in Jesus' name. I invite you to turn your attention to the book of 2 Peter there's going to be two passages that we primarily look at. One is in the first chapter, and we're going to look at first as a frame for this message, 2 Peter chapter 3. So whatever copy of God's Word you're using, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 will instruct us this morning. And it reads this way, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and and to the day of eternity. Amen. And this is the conclusion of Peter's second epistle. May the Lord add His blessing to both the reading and proclamation of His Word this morning. This passage essentially means what you see on the screen behind me, that believers need to keep increasing in what they know about Jesus and their application of that knowledge through His gift of grace, as they bring Him glory with their lives. Now, isn't it a blessing that we can bring God glory in our lives now, but then also in eternity? We will be a constant reminder to the heavenly beings that Jesus bought our salvation. We'll be a constant reminder of the mission statement of heaven. This is why we exist, Right? To glorify God. We will be part of that. We will be bringing Him glory by our very presence in heaven. That's why I love that it says, to, to Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And so the idea for our message today is this. and You'll find this on the screen. Being a disciple of Jesus requires constant forward motion, forward momentum, in both the knowledge and application of what makes us a true follower of His. Constant forward momentum, both the knowledge and application of what makes us a true follower of His. This continuation of effort, both by us and His Holy Spirit, will bring Him glory both now and when we receive our heavenly reward. So let's dive in. <clears throat> we have, first of all, the mandate. This is what we're being told to do. We're being exhorted by Peter to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
and to bring Him glory by doing so. To grow in the grace and knowledge. And I love that when we hear, have the story of the Lord Jesus, it says that He grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. For us to continue to grow, we have the, the picture of, of someone who is very young and growing through maturity. It requires, first of all, motion. The, the title of believer should not indicate a state of being. Here we are, just static, a, a believer. It should be an action verb denoting forward motion. I'm a believer, meaning I'm moving forward. We ought to be in constant state of motion, growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself sets the standard for what being a disciple should look like when he says in Mark chapter 8, 34 and 35, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, and here's that difficult saying, if anyone would come after me, let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And here he flips standard uh, practice and, and standard thought processes and even business practice on its head when he says in verse 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. In his first epistle, Peter exhorts believers to become more mature in their faith. When he says in First uh, Peter chapter 2, 2 and 3, he says, like newborn infants, remember this, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And that's, that's a statement where we say, that's uh, a, a, a uh, what's, what's the kind of statement where you just know it's true already? Um, of course we've tasted the Lord is good. And, and this is kind of contrast to where we say, you know, don't long for milk anymore, but, but the meat of the word. This is not doing that. This is another example of milk being the pure milk. This is what this is what we long for so that we can grow. This is the purity. Um, how many of us are, are drinking the formula of the world instead of the pure milk of the Word of God? But that's, the, that's the, uh, the motion, the forward motion. Should be clear. Every believer should be in forward motion. You should be able to tell that someone is a believer because they're not done growing. And I won't be the first to point out that when we've stopped growing, we've started what? Dying, right? We've started dying when we stopped growing. Um, men's ears and noses, I believe it, it said, continue to grow until they die. Is that correct? No that is the truth. Yeah. And if you, if you spend time at nursing homes um, with some older men, you'll... It was not supposed to be a joke. Um, but... <laughs> All right, there's a little bit of a, of a funny in there, but yes, you'll notice. And, and you think, as, as a young, young boy, I used to go to nursing homes all the time. And when my brothers and I used to perform together, we'd go to nursing homes um, on the days of our concert. We'd go to a nursing home ahead of time. And, and I used to think as a young boy, um, why are these men's ears so big? You know, why are their noses so big? Like, where have these men been? You know, I haven't, I haven't, I don't just walk around and see men with giant ears or no, but here in these nursing homes, well, it's because they keep growing, you know, and, and you would say, well, would you rather that they not grow if that meant you die? No, no one would say, no, I want to, want to stop growing and, and exchange it for death. And for us, our, our, it's not so much our physical attributes, but our spiritual ones. Of course, that he's saying, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
There's a motivation here as well. Um, the passage here and, and his letter closes with a benediction of Christ receiving the glory now and forever. So this little statement of growing the grace and knowledge, and it says, and you know, to God be the glory, um, that benediction there. But he's also closing his letter, as I mentioned, with these words. So yes, it is a, a fitting conclusion to a letter. And specifically, um, this final challenge from Peter here, uh, what he presumes is the end of his life. And he's writing this um, this, there's so much passion in this, in this uh, epistle of Second Peter. Uh, he, and you can tell he's a man running out of time. And, and you, he is so eager to communicate uh, to those he loves, please keep growing. And he has much to say about, uh, about false teachers also. And as we'll talk about in, in uh, the other passage here, there's a contrast. He wants a starkly contrasted life with the life of, of those false teachers um, that were in their area at the time. So as he'd been warning about false teachers who had not been living godly lives, this letter has encouraged believers to live differently and is similar to the closing of his first epistle where he says to him be dominion forever and ever. But it's also fitting regarding our motivation for growth in action. It is fitting for us to say we should continue to grow in grace and knowledge. Why? Because it will bring Him glory. It's not so that I can be smarter than you or that you can, uh, you can show that, that you're, you're so much more uh, filled with God's grace. It's not a comparison thing at all. It's for Jesus, right? It's not saying that I'm so not the person I used to be. Although some of us who have had a, a more difficult past want to be sure that we say, man, I am not the man I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be. To God be the glory, right? But that's not the point. It's, it's saying grow in grace and knowledge because Jesus will receive glory both now and forever. We're a sales pitch for heaven, our lives, right, as we, as we grow in grace and knowledge. Should it be for any other reason than to bring Him more glory with our lives, not only now, but when we see Him face to face? Should there be any other, uh, any other reason for us to do this? No. So you have the mandate, and then you have the mentor, Peter himself. And, and I, I love that men of God can say, they should be able to say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, so much of us want to say, do as I say, not as I, not as I do, right? Um, but it really is, uh, our, our lives are a living testimony. People, people will sometimes believe what you're, you say, but they will always believe what you do. And so you have Peter um, who sets himself up as this example. And, and I love that Peter grew and that Peter kept growing. You cannot export what you don't first import. You can't give to others what you don't first receive. And Peter was no exception. Uh, Peter is a favorite among Jesus' followers, isn't he? Uh, how many of you just love, love Peter? You say, man, if I had a favorite disciple, you're not thinking, ah, was it Didymus? Um, Thomas, you might know him as, uh, or was it? You know, we're not thinking one of one of the those disciples. We're not thinking what was it, James or the other James? Um, so many people choose Peter as, as their favorite, and I think the the uh, the current TV series, The Chosen, hasn't uh, hasn't diminished that at all. He's such a likable fellow in that in that uh, in that series, uh, but he's such a favorite. It, 
he's such a likable guy. And, and we gravitate to stories of Peter in the Gospels because of his failing, his failings, his blunderings, his, his rash statements, right? Um, Peter says outlandish things. And, and then his, basically his overt humanness. Um, I think we like that he has a mother-in-law, you know? Um, uh, I've got one of those, you know? And uh, I, I, I've always joked that when there's a broom outside my front door, oh, you know, Katie's mom's here. And, um, it, I've said that with her in the audience. She's, she's the most amazing mother-in-law ever, so it, it, nobody believes that when I, you know, I say that. But, um, but Peter had one. Peter had a mother-in-law, you know, and she got sick. And um, so I think there's so much about Peter, his, his humanness and all these things. But um, I'm just like Peter. How many Christians have you heard say, I'm just like Peter? And they're from the, they run the gamut of the people who say they're like Peter. They're really outspoken, brash guys. And, and then the you're really, you know, person that just, you know, is really timid or something like, I'm just like Peter. You can find so much about him. But Peter grew. They resonate with him because he so clearly had a desire to follow Jesus and found it difficult to do so. That's where, that's our humanity. I think we can all say, boy, I'm like Peter that way. You know, I, have, I want so much. I have this desire that Paul talks about, right, in his writings. Uh, oh, what I desire to do, I'm, I'm not doing. But Peter so demonstrated that. Uh, his flesh was very much alive, and we, we feel an affinity to that. But the good news for Peter and for us is that Peter grew. He didn't stay the same. He was chastened by Jesus. Remember the famous, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Uh, he made huge mistakes uh, during, his, during uh, Passion Week, like denying Jesus and chopping off a guy's ear, right? But the story doesn't end there. Peter had a curiosity um, that, that, that takes him to see the empty tomb, right? He runs there, a faith that drives him to tell others, and a boldness that turns him into a spokesperson and leader among the disciples. That's Peter growing. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that, that this is just Peter doing it. I'm, I'm making a, a case today for um, us growing effort on our part and the Holy Spirit of God doing, doing effort. And Peter allowed the Holy Spirit to, to transform him into somebody that he had not been before. And then Peter kept growing. Peter didn't stay the same, even as he began to serve the early church. The heavenly vision he received of a sheet being lowered from heaven in, in Acts chapter 10 challenged Peter's thinking and, and changed the way that he thought um, and, and his love uh, for the, the Gentiles, uh, the compassion he had for them that he didn't have before. Um, that, that was a change. He was also challenged by Paul to consider how, how he might be operating with the fear of man and, and a double standard um, when he went to Antioch. And, and uh, you'll find that in Galatians chapter 2. Um, Paul challenged him and said, hey, you know, you used to be eating with those guys, and now these other guys are in town. You're not eating with them. And that is not right at all. And, and Peter changed. Peter grew, and so he had others helping, but he allowed um, th that work to be done in his life. And so lastly, Peter encouraged others to keep growing, and, and that includes us. He encourages us to keep, to keep growing, to not stay the same. How many of you are willing to say, man, I don't want to stay the same? You know, there's so many leadership books and things I've read over the years. Maybe you're someone who geeks out about stuff like that. I listen to leadership podcasts and um, 
and uh, you have so many different people say, you know, you can't take the same old you into the bright new future, right? Or you can't, you know, if you want to get to a new desired future, you can't, you know, be the same person. You can't do the same things and expect, you know, to be different, expect different results, whatever. All of that, so many people have said it in so many different ways, and it's true. And it's true for us as believers that we, we like to think, man, I'm going to win my neighbors to Christ, Right? We like to think that, and we pray for that. Every Sunday here at RBC, we pray that, that we would be part of, you know, God, you would bring people, uh, skeptics and sinners and, and, uh, and people, that we might, and prepare me even this week, right? We pray that. And yet, um, some of us say, some of us are secretly hoping that God won't have to change us to do it. And we say, man, I've heard people say, man, people just don't want to have conversations, spiritual conversations anymore. You know, people just don't want to hear the gospel. And it, it's funny how it so matches up with our own lack of desire, doesn't it? Our own lack of desire to have spiritual conversations anywhere or to preach the gospel anywhere we go. And, and so other people's lack of desire to hear it matches up perfectly with our lack of desire to be the messenger. And, and so I think... But we want those people to change. We want people to come right up to us and say, hey, can you tell me why you're so cheerful all the time? Oh, I know the answer to that one. Uh, it, it'd be because uh, I need to have a ready answer uh, to give reason of the hope that lies within me. Uh, I'm, and it's because of Jesus. And like, I'm so glad someone asked me. What if they don't ask you? What if they have a bummer of a day and they come up and they kick your cat? And you're not feeling like saying, you know, it's because of Jesus that I'm, I'm not going to retaliate you know, and, and poison your hamster or whatever. I don't know what the normal response to someone kicking your cat would be, but surely it would be in the animal kingdom. But I, I'm just saying, like, we, we want something miraculous to happen on the other side. And we hesitate so much to say, to, to sign up for the class that the Holy Spirit is offering and say, change me, God. Change me, O oh God. Ignite my heart. Burden me with the things that burden you. We don't want to sign up for the class. Skip to where I get to walk at graduation. I love, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been very honest with Pastor Chris as my coach. I've been frustrated in, uh, in previous ministry opportunities I've had uh, by people's inattention to results. And when you have an inattention to results, it, re, it comes, stems back to a lot of things. You read uh, Peter Scazzaro's excellent work uh, um, in, in the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, he talks about different things. One of the dis dysfunctions is you're not willing to disagree. Well, you know, disagreement is a terrible thing. Don't disagree. We, shouldn't do, we should all agree. Pastor Chris stood up here just a few minutes ago and said, if you have ideas or concerns or comments, call me. I want to talk to you. And please, he doesn't mean those of you who agree. Please call and nod and smile and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to hear from you who have concerns. Am I right? And, and comment and say, hey, are we going to make sure that we don't forget this? This is kind of important to me. And you don't have to have a chapter and verse for it. It can just be... I, I, I feel burdened about this. I feel sad. I, I, I want to grieve this. And I want to make sure that this is happening. Or, or, man, I just, I get a spark of joy about this. And I just want to, is this going to be something that RBC might do? That's okay. You don't have to say it perfectly. He says a lot of things very perfectly. I, I feel, I'm just keeping it real. 
It's hard to compete with a guy like that, right? You might think, well, I don't know if I can match him with his verbiage. Don't worry. He's a loving pastor, wants to hear, hear that. But listen, we have to be willing to grow. And some of that is having dis- disagreement. And I've served in some ministry contexts where, where they, they don't have an attention to detail. What leads to, if you're not willing to, to disagree, you'll never say, hey, by the way, this isn't happening and it should be. Or you won't. And so, so even when you score a touchdown, we're not talking about results because we don't want to talk about when we don't score a touchdown either. So everybody gets a prize or nobody gets a prize. And so it's, it, and you know what? I love that in God's economy, we get prizes. But guess what? We get graded prizes. Not everybody gets a soul winning crown. I'm telling you, I'm going to get one. Brother, are you going to get a soul winning crown? Amen. I want to get one. I want to say, I, by the grace of God, moved the ball forward with someone spiritually, had a conversation, difficult time, sat with them over breakfast at Pacific Garden Mission, thank God, and they prayed to receive Christ. Freaked out a teenager on a plane by talking about what could happen if the plane suddenly stopped being a plane and became a plummeting object. And where would you go? I know where I would go. Freaked him out, and he prayed to receive Christ. True story. Well, I'm just telling you, I want to get that soul winner's crown. I'm willing to freak out a teenager on a plane to do it. I'm telling you, there's crowns not everybody will get. There's not a participation trophy for heaven. And I'm telling you, Peter is here saying, hey, I'm I'm getting ready to say touchdown Jesus. I don't know what kind of touchdown dance I'm going to do. I'm going to be up there with Jesus, and I want to have something to throw at his feet. And I think some of us are going to be up there clutching at our heads for something that isn't there. Brothers and sisters, Peter is warning you. I'm warning you. There's a day coming when glory will be given to Jesus. I want my life to matter. Do you? I want it to count for the gospel. And I don't want to be clutching for something to lay at his feet. Like that guest who showed up for a birthday party. Oh, no. Should have bought a gift card. I don't want to arrive at heaven's gate and say, oh no, I should have done something different. I shouldn't have given up my growing. I shouldn't have given up. I, shouldn't have, I should have checked my pride at the door and allowed there to be some, uh, some unscheduled humility in my life and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, you do your work. Because I'd rather you care. I know you care about what's going on in my life, and I need to not care about what other people think about what's going on. Let me stick to my notes, amen? (laughs) I might start preaching. But Peter encouraged others to keep growing. He cared for them and us like a shepherd who cares for the flock. And he saw these teachers coming in, and, and, and I don't want to uh, belabor this point, but essentially they were um, doing exactly what, they, they were confusing what Paul had said about grace and, uh, and basically the forgiveness of God. They were, they were living um, lives of, uh, of, of basically license where they were saying, it's okay to sin. Um, I will be forgiven. And anyway, that kind of, of thinking can lead to basically debauchery in the church and, and uh, wild um, living 
aside from, as if it's completely disconnected from your spiritual reality, your, your, your physical reality is completely separate kind of thing. And so um, Peter is, is warning against that. And so when he, he, uh, he talks to, to them uh, about this, uh, like Pastor Chris challenged us last week, Peter continued to make disciples as well. And, and he used a method. He used a method. And I think methods are important. That's what we're talking about with R- RBC about, hey, which method should we use to reach the lost? Well, Peter had a method for, for, uh, for growth and spiritual growth. And so we're going to look... Um, Finally, here at, at, at the method, and it's in, it's in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. This is the famous passage where he says, and add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. And this is that, that passage. So we're going to look at this um, together. It says, his divine power, remember, he's starting off the, his, his second letter this way. And he says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Stop right there. How glad are you that this is the camping trip with Jesus and he's gone shopping at Costco and he's also gone shopping at, at a grocery outlet because there's a few wacky things you can get there, can't get other places. He's gone to the Dollar Tree and bought those silly popper things and, and all sorts of plates. He's, he's got all that we need. Have you ever gone camping or on a trip with someone that you're not quite sure that they've done all the planning for? Yeah, I used to plan events, and, and, and oh man, uh, I, had, I started having lists because it cost you too much to forget something. But look what Peter says, his divine power has given, uh, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you want to be godly, he's given you everything you need. He's done everything. He, you don't have to worry. God, no, 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 yes, 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 we have it, yes, no, we didn't forget it, no, we don't have to drive back to the house and get it, no, we have it. You ever been in a big family, you keep driving back to the house, you end up just sitting in the driveway and saying, has anybody forgot anything? What else have you forgotten? Anybody else need to go back in the house? Somebody forget something? But enough about us on a Sunday morning. He has given us everything we need to live a godly life is what he's basically saying. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, this is so meaty. I love it. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them, through his precious and great promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. That needs a couple messages preached on just becoming partakers of the divine nature. You get to be part of what God is doing, and you are caught up together with him. It's that uniting with Christ. It's awesome. Friends, we should, we should not just casually read over this and say, oh, he's done a lot of good stuff for us. And you know what? Primarily, Jesus died on the cross. It's amazing. You know, my sins are forgiven, bloodshed, the whole bit, going to heaven. Oh, it's so much more than that. This is, this is rich. He didn't need to do this. He didn't need to do this. He could have just said, you're forgiven, good. We've got tier two in heaven for you. Good, come on in, bring them in, bring them in, bring them in. And he said, no, I want you to be with me. He identified with us in our sin. For this very reason, he says in verse five, Peter says, make every effort, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Any of you buy supplements? You know, you buy supplements, it's the B, this and that, it's the, you know, it's the, 
the C, this and that. There's there letters, don't you know? It's just a lot of letters. And then there's like some, some things that are on the periodic table. You're supposed to, you know, you got zinc and you got, I don't know. I have a, someone who researches things at my house and I just put little things in my body that, that I just trust are supposed to be there. Uh, but supplement. This means you don't have everything yet. You don't have anything yet. It's in the vitamin drawer. <laughs> Be sure to take it. It's not, you know, try to make yourself pounding with the mortar and pestle and, you know, take a few bumblebees and crush them up and that's going to be B17. And I don't know how they make it, but don't, don't take my word. You know, I, I'm going to make my little vitamins and mash them up and get, buy those little capsules, which you can at a health food store. Who does this anyway, unless you're druggy or something, but pour the little bee thing into the, into the capsule and then take it with some water. He's not saying, you don't have to do that. It's there. See, when I go to my vitamin drawer at home, I'm told to take two of these and one of these and one of these, a little packet of these, and it's all done. But he says, you don't have everything yet. I got it for you, but you don't have it yet. Supplement. I love that that word is here in the ESV. Add to uh, another version. Said, your faith, virtue. So supplement your faith with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. We'll talk about these in just a minute. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And this is not like levels of a video game. We'll talk about this in just a second. But it's not like, well, you can't have this until you have this. And they're not like in descending order or ascending order. But it's incredible that it starts with faith and it ends with love. That, I think, is intentional. But the rest of it is not like they they don't necessarily build on one another here. Uh, Steadfastness with godliness Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, just read that part again, and are increasing. So it's not a one and done. Hey, I, I, Michael, did you take your vitamins this morning? Someone allegedly may have asked at my house once upon a time. And I'll say, yes. Or, you know, did you take your vitamins? I can say, Yes, last week. You know, this, is not a, this is not a one time. Increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor Chris has talked about this. The ineffective or unfruitful. Friends, this is missing the mark. This is sad trombone. Are you hip to what a sad trombone sounds like? Wah. Wah, wah. This is, you don't want that. This is at the end of it all, hear the sad trombone, which essentially means if you hear that, could have had something different. We went to the grand opening of, of the uh, grocery outlet, which has now received two references in this message. I don't know why. They're not paying for this, but if you're watching. Um, and uh, stood in line. We were right near the beginning. We're like numbers 11 and 12 out of 100 people. Um, There's more than that, but first 100 people get a chance at a gift card. We knew we could get up to $500 towards groceries. I'm telling you, that will last our family at least a couple days. And so, man, we want we wanted to get that. And we got wah, 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 sad trombone. Did you get 20? I got 10. It's not and so you, you miss the mark. You feel, oh, there's, there's grief. I don't want you to be ineffective or unfruitful, my friends. You know what that tells me? Some people are. This should grieve our hearts. 
men and women of God, this should grieve us that anyone who might have seen what Jesus did for us on the cross, amen, who went through the waters of baptism, are saved, gloriously saved, will be in heaven, Lord willing, be there one day. Though They could have been ineffective or unfruitful. That it might be some of us in this room who might be ineffective or unfruitful. How about this? Less effective, less fruitful than we could have been. We say, well, I've lived a fruitful life. Hey, how about more? I went on a missions trip with a man to, to Thailand with a man who was in his 80s. You know why? Because he believed that God had put a call in his life to be a missionary when he was a young man, and he had not done it. And that man was trying to make up for lost time. And I'm telling you, friends, it was not a pretty picture because I went to Thailand with an old and decrepit man. I'm being as loving as I can. And I'm, I thank God that he went. I honestly do. And I was blessed that he, he went. It was a testimony to Chinese tourists there to see an old man come to share the gospel with him. But I'm telling you, he missed the mark. And it grieved him. And he would so quickly tear up, cry, tears of grief. Because he had not obeyed at first what God had shown him. And he felt like his life was slipping away. It was too late to make up for lost time. He doesn't want us to be ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, and you can just have Paul saying, can you believe it? How could you? Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in, the way, uh, for in this way, there will be richly provided to you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It almost looks like he is talking about a works-based salvation, but he's not. James would agree with you that it's your, unless your, your, work, your faith and works are working together, it's, you know, your faith is dead if it's not mirrored with this. Show me your actions, not just, not just your words. So, we are to increase our godly character. This is more. The method is more. We are to increase in our godly character. We must add to what we have. And that list is designed for, for uh, those like us who already have faith in Jesus and have been set up perfectly by Him. Because we have already been given all we need to live a, a godly life and to stay away from worldliness, we can now add to that faith in Christ, a, a short list of spiritual values and characteristics. That's the list that's right here in the middle of this passage. And we're going to go over that right now. That's more. But the meaning here, the, this list is instinctual. It meaning, it, 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 I chose this word because I think it should make, it's common sense for us as believers. Uh, do you think that you should be patient as a believer or steadfast? Do you think you should, you should persevere? Yes, actually, it says the testing of your faith develops 
perseverance, right? And you have that here. Okay, so when we, our faith is tested, it'll develop this. It should be instinctive to us. But it's, it's part of what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us. We know it as the fruit of the Spirit oftentimes, right? You find several of that, a, 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 a kind of a bleed over between this, the fruit of the Spirit um, in, in Galatians and, and here. Um, he says virtue, which is purity of character. It's, it's best translated as moral excellence. Don't you love that? Moral excellence. I think that says, that's great. And, and I would, uh, I, I've been around people, and you have a, uh, you've, you've seen guys where you can tell that their that uh, administrative assistant um, is administratively excellent. And I've also been around different people whose administrator is not gifted and not administratively excellent. And, and it just shows, right? I think that's a great phrase, um, to have moral excellence. I think we know what we're talking about. And we could easily say, well, I mean, you might be tempted to say, well, you know, is this morally, is this acceptable or is this virtuous? Morally excellent? That's a, that's a pretty high bar. I love that. Add to that, uh, the, in that purity of character, that moral excellence and the knowledge, especially this means of God's will and His ways. That's something that you constantly need to grow in um, because God will surprise you when you think you know him because he, I think God senses that we're putting him in that little neat box again. Oh, I can neatly describe that God always does this and he never does this and he always, you know, taps me on the shoulder three months ahead of time. You're getting ready to move. Just wanted to give you a heads up. No, he doesn't always do that. And, 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 and he, that knowledge of God's will and his ways is so valuable and then self-control, self-discipline, really. Steadfastness, I mentioned that. Endurance is what that really means. And then godliness, add to it godliness, um, for which we've just been told in verse 3 that he has given us everything we need, right, for, for life and godliness. And then he closes this list with, with two forms of love, and this is brotherly love, which we know in the Greek is Philadelphia. That's one of those Greek words, which, which I think a, a lot of believers kind of know. We know that, that uh, we love cereal, and we love our wives, and we love going to the beach, and we love all these things, but we're not married to all of them, and so there's a difference of love, and we use one word love, and the Greek has more than one. It has three or four different things, depending on, on uh, how you want to... Uh, to particularly parse it, but uh, brotherly affection here, Philadelphia. And then he closes with love, agape. And he has those, those words there. Uh, so I love that this brotherly love, he wants us to grow in this. This is one of the things that, to add to it, to increase in. And that's our family love together. It's difficult to tell somebody about God's agape perfect love when they don't sense that you like them. So often, we, you know, the gospel is supposed to be offensive to people. That's okay for the gospel to be offensive. But we don't need to be offensive. We can say, hey, this may be tough to hear, but God has some, some rules, and none of us live by them. That's, that's saying, this might be tough to hear. That's, it's offensive to be told that, that you're a lying, thieving, adulterer, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, according to God's word, oof, right? But I'm so glad somebody here is saying, hey, it's okay, I'm this way too. And let me tell you how we can get this absolved, how we can, how we can uh, have Jesus take care of this. And, and so that brotherly love, that's what we're talking about with possibly meeting around tables in the, in the future. It's, it's to lend itself more naturally towards brotherly love. And when you, when you share a meal with someone, when you share a, a, a time together, you become common. 
with them. It's not a hierarchy. When, when, uh, I don't know if you've ever been part of a different organization other than the church. You probably have. You've, you've belonged to a school or work or whatever. And you know when you're a new guy, it's tough. And, and you know that you're smarter than the person who's trying to train you. Have you ever had that happen? That's a tough one. It's like, when can I get past this sweet nonsense? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. Well, imagine that, that you are the person training somebody who feels like they're smarter than you. And what they instinctively know is you don't like them. It's just what you've got to do. You're not doing this because you care. And unfortunately for us, with as, as good intentions as we have, we can easily come off that way just because we want to tell them. And we don't want to wait for us to like them first. It's okay. You just walk through the door. Let me tell you, Jesus, I mean, he's got a high standard. You know, he's going to, and oh, and sometimes it can come off a little cringy. But I'll tell you when, when you, when you share a meal with somebody, this brotherly love that he's talking about is a little more natural. I'm sitting down. I have to eat too. I'm human too. You know, I get hiccups too. <laughs> Ever eat too fast in front of somebody else? You know, makes you seem very real. I'm, I'm telling you, man, then you share that agape, agape love and have that, that love, that, that affection um, that comes only from, from God. So which of these godly character qualities do you need to grow in or develop? I want to ask you, think about you personally, not someone else. The crazy thing is that we can't just try harder to produce this character in our lives. We can't just work at it more. Okay, Ken, uh, then, then please try to to endure more. And I'm going to give you nothing else, but just try harder. And us trying harder at whatever we sincerely want to do doesn't always work, does it? But that's, he hasn't left us alone. These are products of the Holy Spirit's indwelling. That's why it's called the fruit uh, of the Spirit. It's the evidence of the, God's Holy Spirit in our lives. It's what he produces because he's there. Hey, I'm here. You know how you can tell? And that's why I know it's fun for kids to say, and they've got the pear, which is, uh, which is patience. It's like, it's just confusing, the metaphor. Fruit is evidence. So when we're looking at fruit, say, hey, think of it like with a magnifying glass. I'm going to find out who's been here. Ah, I see, I see long-suffering. <laughs> that person's a turkey, man. They would never be long-suffering on their own. <laughs> Jesus' Holy Spirit's been there in that person's life. It's evidence. Of, of, their, of the Holy Spirit being there. It's evidence of, of Christ's lordship. He doesn't just automatically produce that in us unless we're yielded to him. My friends, please do not discount that unless we're yielded. So if you're lacking in one or more of those areas, our determination as a growing disciple is to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and his work. If you say, man, I'm lacking in moral excellence. I'm lacking in self-discipline. I'm lacking in knowledge of God and His will. I'm lacking. I just don't like people. I think it's kind of a quirk of my personality. No, it's not. You're just not yielded. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it'll be okay. Let Jesus do it. And He'll allow you to become maybe not the most gregarious person anyone's ever met, but he'll work a love in you for other people that you don't have. You don't want your, your revamped, you know, repackaged, 
you know, uh, non-authentic parts. We just kind of patch this thing together, and, you know, we have a rebuilt engine in our Honda. You don't want a rebuilt kindness engine. You want Jesus to come in and make it new. It's not yours and your old thing that's kind of gotten, you know, drilled out and parts put in there. No, just let him do it on it. Have it be him that shows love to other people. In closing, we have some possible responses, some possible responses on the screen. I want, I want you to, to possibly say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And these are the responses. Pray for me. Maybe this is you. Pray for me. I need to begin my spiritual journey today with faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Remember the start of that, that list is faith, and that is insightful for us. You can't have the rest without faith in Jesus. It's, it's emptiness. It's silliness. It's wanting to hit a home run for a team you don't yet play for. Well, that's impossible. I bought the jersey. looks really cool. I've been practicing my swing. They don't know you exist. I need to begin my spiritual journey today with faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Or maybe this is you. Pray for me. Pastor, church, pray for me. I need to stop being complacent with where I am on my spiritual journey and begin to grow in my spiritual maturity. Just let that sink in. I need to stop being complacent with where I am. And you know, honestly, this is sometimes more a fault of someone who's been a believer for a while than someone who just comes to Christ and just stops, stops growing. You know, my little guy who just learned how to, how to walk is not satisfied with learning how to walk. He wants to run, right? But some of us who already know how to run have gotten tired of running, got complacent with the fact that we know how to run. And we're not learning how to ride a horse or surf or anything else that requires motion. Like, we kind of got faster. Done. Do you see the spiritual connection here? I want you to maybe say, pray for me. Just be honest with God this morning and say, pray for me. I need to stop being complacent with where I am on my spiritual journey and begin to grow in my spiritual maturity. Or maybe lastly, you say, Pray for me. I want to allow God's Holy Spirit. Pray with me on this one. This is my prayer. I want to allow God's Holy Spirit to do His work in my life for His glory. I want to allow Him to do His work. And man, you're going to find that, man, when you have a good partner at a sport or an activity, man, it just makes you want to be better. Kate and I had the privilege of playing with a band this week as we led worship at a camp. And I tell you what, it made us better. You know, Kate and I love playing together. But man, when you play with guys who have been playing in bands for years and years and years, Darwin, you know this, man, it makes you want to just be better. You know what? We found ourselves not playing so much. Because when your partner is incredible, you say, I just want to be here. As he's working. I played keys very little. <laughs> You've got guys who have been recording artists. And, you know what I mean? We've got Jesus. We've got the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm going to work on my perseverance. I'm going to work on, on my endurance. I'm going to work on my self-discipline, Pastor Chris. But mostly, I'm going to let him do the work. I want to be here with him as he does it. 
That's my prayer. Let's bow together. Oh, Father, boy, we're so grateful that you're not done with us. Forgive us for thinking that we're done. Forgive us for thinking that we're good. Just inspire us this morning, Father, to, wow, to want more of you, more of your work, more of the fruit that that brings in our lives so there can be more glory for you. So today, today we commit to yielding ourselves. But first, Father, if there's anyone here that does not yet know you as Savior, maybe they're, they're watching on the live stream. Father, if they don't yet know you as Savior, have not yielded their lives to you in faith, knowing that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came to earth to live a sinless life, to, to die in our place because we've done wrong against you, Father, that cannot be forgiven on our own, must be paid for. And Jesus took the account current, paid in full. And if someone has not yet acknowledged, oh, I want that payment for my sin. I want his life exchanged for mine. If they've never yet done that, I pray that they would find that faith in you. Maybe reach out to Pastor Chris this week. Say, I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Maybe it's someone who just says, wow, I just, I, 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 I want to stop being complacent. I want to start caring, God, that you would move me forward. Or maybe you would say with me, Father, I want to be yielded. I want you to do your will, your work, and your time for your glory. Would you receive all the glory is our prayer, both now and to the day of eternity, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.